Um, I have Adam Schefter from ESPN on the line. He heard a rumor. Oh, great. Tell Schefter to stick his rumor up. Sunny. <laughs> uh, never fails. Our ESPN NFL insider Adam Schefter joins us courtesy of Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views. Good morning, Adam. It's been a busy day hey, in Broncos happy country. Happy holidays. Happy New Year. How is everybody doing? We're just trying to get a grip on everything, Adam. It's been a really busy, you know, 24 now, 36 hours, I guess, here in Broncos country. How are you doing? How was the holidays? Everything's going fine. You know, usual stuff. Uh, uh, getting ready to see what NFC South game stink has. you gotta, you got to have the Bucks and the Saints this weekend, right? <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm actually in uh, the nation's capital. I've got San Francisco as they try to rebound after the uh, beatdown Monday night. And... Um, Anyhow, so I've got San Francisco, Washington, and, and obviously Jacoby Brissett's going to start his first game after kind of uh, spelling Sam Howell the last couple of weeks. So and, it'll be interesting. And, and when you and, and when you go back there, do you have like a favorite hotel and restaurant and establishment that you like to go visit, being that you know the area? Everybody like, knows his name. No, no, you know we stayed downtown, Adam, and so we were up in Northern Virginia all those years that we lived up there. So uh, you know where the mm -hmm. facility is. So we stayed downtown. So we're, we're right on the wharf, though, which they've done an unbelievable job with. I don't yeah, know if yeah. you've been down there, but it's beautiful. Yeah, great. Well, enjoy that. Have a great game. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate that. Hey Adam, look. Sure. Obviously, the biggest news, and you had you had it yesterday that Sean Payton has made the decision to bench Russell Wilson. I want to talk about the timeline of the series of events that mm -hmm. led to this fracturing of the relationship. Where would mm -hmm. you say the start of it was? Well, I, I think I'd make it just a generic, general statement and just say that Russell Wilson was inherited, and Jared Stidham was hired. And you'd much rather be hired than inherited. Sean Payton didn't trade for Russell Wilson. He came in, and I think he was open uh, to working with him and wanted it to work out. I don't know exactly when it started going south, but I think it had been building all year long. And if we remember that sideline incident where Sean's yelling at Russell and basically undressing him on national TV on a Saturday night a couple of weeks ago, I, I think that was his own frustrations at some of the things that had gone on all season long. Uh, with the offense, it, it, I don't. I don't think it was isolated to just that one incident. No. I think when you see somebody erupt like that, mm. uh, it's hard to imagine. It's just an isolated single incident. It kind of builds up, and Sean would have to answer that. But I'm going to guess that slowly but surely, it built up over the course of the season. Sean, uh, you know, wasn't having things run exactly the way he wanted. There were some bumpy patches. There were some successful patches. Uh, you know, Russell's numbers are pretty good by and large, when you look at them, just the stats. The fact of the matter is I think that they looked at this. I know that they're going to continue to say it's a football decision. That's fine. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is you can't say it's just a football decision when the finances enter into it the way that they do. And a couple of things I want to point out here. Uh, again, we know the math. Russell is guaranteed $39 million next year no matter what. But if he had been out there playing and got hurt, they would have been on the hook for another $37 million guaranteed. I don't think they wanted to risk that. I think that Sean looked at Russell and said, Russell's playing okay, he's playing well, fine. But, but we could do this with somebody that I think is cheaper and can run my offense more the way I want it run. Garrett Stidham's on a two-year $10 million contract. There'll be some free agent quarterbacks out there, a guy like Gardner Minshew, for instance. Right, what is Gardner Minshew going to get on the open market? The Baker Mayfield deal, one-year deal worth about $8 million. Mm. Okay, 
So one of these guys, I think Sean or the Broncos think they could run his offense at a much cheaper rate. They'd go draft somebody. And that's essentially what Sean did in New Orleans. He went and he hired Drew Brees, who not a lot of people wanted, who got uh, initially you know, a, a solid contract, but it wasn't top of the line. There were questions about his shoulder. It wasn't like Drew Brees lit it up in San Diego when he played. He was fine. He was decent. But he ran Sean's offense just the way he wanted it run. And I think that they feel like there could be somebody that can do that at a cheaper price. That's Sean's guy. And they could do it that way. And the other thing that it reminds me, I mean, you'll remember this thing. You know, Russell Wilson went to nine Pro Bowls. And so they make this move, and obviously it's a huge story. I get it. I mean, it is. It's a big deal considering what they gave up and considering all that Russell has accomplished. Reminds me a little bit of when Mike Shanahan came to Denver in 1995 and he wound up cutting Anthony Miller and Mike Pritchard, a wide receiver. Guys that had all this hype, all these accomplishments, all this salary, and everyone's like, what is he doing? Like, You're not going to get somebody as talented as Anthony Miller and Mike Pritchard but Mike wanted guys to run his system to run it the way he wanted to block downfield. So he turned to a couple of wide receivers named Ed McCaffrey and Rod Smith who were not nearly as accomplished at that time as Miller and Pritchard. And lo and behold, two Super Bowls later, Mike was proven correct. Sean will have the chance to prove that he's going to be correct here or not. He's going to have the chance to do it with his guy, cheaper version someone that he feels fits his offense better. And we'll see if it turns out to be the right move, the way it was for Mike Shanahan back in the mid-1990s. Hey, Adam, obviously this is going to go down as one of the worst trades in history when you know you look at what you gave up, the draft picks, the players, plus the fact that you signed this you know long-term deal when you didn't necessarily mm-hmm. need to. Um, so from that standpoint, how is the relationship between Sean Payton and George Payton and – yeah. Um, what do you think is going to happen in the future in regards to George Payton? Will he still be the general manager of this franchise going forward? Well, here's what I would say. I think George Payton is immensely respected around the league. I think he's had a decorated career. And I think there's only one person that's going to be able to answer that question. That's Sean Payton. How does Sean feel about moving forward, George? And that's going to be a Sean decision, just like the Russell thing, ultimately, his decision. And we saw how that went. So um, we'll see what he decides there. It's, it's going to be the next question. I don't have an answer for you. Mm. you know, Sean's going to have to answer that. But it's going to be a question that's going to come up now, of course. Right? Like that's if he moved on from the quarterback, well, he's going to, of course, ask about the GM that completed the trade for that quarterback. But you know what? Here's the deal. He might he might judge him on his own and say, you know what? I, I, I also have great respect for George. I don't like this move, but his body of work is still good enough. I'm going to keep him. Or he could say, you know what? Uh, we're moving forward with my people. And and I don't know what he's going to decide. Talking to our ESPN NFL insider, Adam Schefter, Adam, after the news came out yesterday, we, we slowly got more details come to find out mm-hmm. that the Broncos 
approached or allegedly approached Russell Wilson after the Kansas mm-hmm. City win and talked about the injury guarantee. Sounded like maybe that surprised him a little bit, and it ended up with the league and maybe Players Association getting involved. Can you shed a little light mm-hmm. on what happened there? Well, you know, listen, I think I'm still making calls, but that did happen. A version of that happened. And uh, they obviously were trying to get that injury guarantee pushed back from this year to next year, which, by the way, shows you that they were open to keeping them, right. but under different terms, right? So I think there's evidence in that. So I know people are like, oh, this has been going on. Yeah, well, it has been. You know, it's a proving ground for both. But I think when you see that, my takeaway is, okay, they were open to keeping Russell, but they just wanted it structured a different way. And it didn't get done. But this is a dance that's been going on all year long. We've all been waiting to see how the marriage would work out. Clearly, there were issues that they were trying to sort through. Again, we point to Sean's frustration. And that is the most visible, visible example uh, of his frustrations at times with Russell. And so here we are, the marriage now coming to an end. Now. Now. But there were little cracks and fissures all along. Right. What is- Adam... What is the, what's the market for Russ? I mean, I, I don't think, obviously, with the contract constraints, that he would be tradable. But what is the market out there for Russ if and when they yeah. release him? Great question. Uh, first of all, he's got a no-trade clause. So I don't think he can be traded. You know, it's a lot like Derek Carr. He's going to have to sign off on the trade. Why would he right. want his new team to give up anything when on the fifth day of the league year the Broncos have to cut him? So a trade goes out the window. Mm. Not going to happen. So he, he wants to get him released, you know, in all likelihood. Now, I mean, again, I, I reserve the right here because you just never know. What, what if, uh, you know, this weekend Stidham gets hurt, Russell comes in, rallies him, they win, they go, like, crazier things have happened. Sure. Okay, do I think it's going to happen? No. Not practical, not real. But, again, you just, you have to see how these things play out. Assuming he doesn't get in, assuming Stidham plays pretty well, and I think he's going to, then yes, Russell's time in Denver will be done and he'll be released. And then the question becomes what happens to him in the open market? Well, I think there would be teams that would be interested. I don't think it's going to be at the numbers that Russell's accustomed to making. Uh, I think he's better than many of the quarterbacks starting in the league right now. The question is if, if he gets an offer, I'm making this up. Let's say he gets the Geno Smith type offer, two years, $45 million. Does he want to go move his family? Does he want to go learn a new offense and work with a new coach? Does he want to go do that or not? And I don't think Russell's going to go to a bad team. He doesn't want to go to a good setup. Well, you know, how many teams have a good setup that need a quarterback right now? And so, I, you know, I think there's a lot of questions he's going to have to answer. I thought he played well this year. I think he can still play in the league. Um, the question is, how in demand is he going to be? I think there'll be some interest. I don't think it'll be at the level he's used to making, but then again, he's made an awful lot of money playing. So it's not like he's got to go kill it. It's not like he needs the money or anything like that, but everybody always likes that. Um, I don't know. What, what do you think? What do you think, Stink? Well, I'm, I'm with you. I think there's going to be plenty of teams or three or four teams anyhow that are going to be interested in Russell yeah. Wilson coming in there but you know like at a discounted level and and then I think the other thing is is he's going to be one of those guys that you will look at and say hey man you know how does he play for us and 
Are we grooming a quarterback underneath him? Like he, that's that's kind of where he is right now. Ultimately, mm-hmm. listen, he still makes big plays off schedule. Yeah. But yeah. what you saw this year is a lot of what you've seen in the past, running himself into problems, running himself into sacks, and not being an, uh, an anticipatory thrower, not throwing guys open, not doing some of the things that you expect your quarterback to do in the NFL in the middle of the football field. And this is such a middle of the football field uh, game. It, you know, it's different than the college game, and he just yeah. that's not where he excels. And so, yeah, I, like I see this as the beginning of the kind of, you know, are you are you morphing into that? I guess are you morphing into that uh, uh, bridge type of quarterback? And I feel like that's closer what he's morphing into than the star that he was all those years in Seattle. Yeah. And I also I also would say that in a season where we've seen I think it's sixty three different starting quarterbacks at various points this season, there would have been multiple franchises that would have been highly interested and having Russell step in and play. And then if we just started the season and compare Russell to a lot of the starters, I think I'd rather have Russell than probably, you know, half the starters in the league. Roughly, roughly. Um, so I, I think there'll be a spot for him, mm-hmm. but I don't see a team stepping out and you know, breaking the bank for him. And, you know, it, it, it's just a different Russell Wilson right now. You know, he's got the scars of basically being traded in Seattle with a relationship that went sour. Now you got a two and done in Denver, and now you know you're free at the age he is, and so there'll be a spot for him. But it's it's a different type of setup, like you said, uh, maybe a bridge, maybe uh, something more. But it, it'll be up to him to see how he plays and wherever he winds up next. Adam, do you believe he was offered the option to be away from the team, but chose to stay around? Yeah, it's a good question because everybody handles it a different way. I mean, it really is a repeat of the Derek Carr scenario. Right. Two games left last year when he got benched. Same quarterback. Um, two games left when Russell gets benched. And Derek Carr left the facility. You know, left the team. Didn't want to be there anymore. Uh, Russell, to his credit, I think, to his credit, stuck around. Um, he could have left, I'm sure. I, I, you know, I don't know if they said, yeah, you know, how do you want to handle this? You know, but somehow in the course of the conversation, uh, he could have spoken up and said something like, Hey, you know, I'm not comfortable with that. Um, and then Sean might've said, okay, well, why don't you go leave the team then? Mm-hmm. But it didn't get to that obviously because Russell's now the backup. So I, I don't know the exact conversation that was had. I don't know the exact language that was used, but clearly he's still with the team. So he didn't feel, compelled to basically lead them the way that Derek Carr did. Adam, what does it say about the future and the vision of Sean Payton and this franchise that even with this relatively new ownership group, they're willing to commit financially like this and make such a bold move right now? Well, I, I don't think it says anything about them. I mean, they, they hired Sean Payton and they gave him the power, the authority, the autonomy, the money. They gave him everything. I mean, they turned it over to him because of what he's accomplished. So this is a Sean thing, and I'm sure when Sean fills in um, the ownership group that this is happening, that they're not going to say, okay, uh, well, you're, we're, we're blocking this, Sean. Like, it's, his, it's his operation to run. You know, he's won a Super Bowl. They're paying him like the coach that he is. So if that's what he thinks is in the best interest of the team, Owners are there to support it. 
and to go along with it. I, you know, to me, the move is made when you hire him, um, you're empowering him to make moves like this and more moves like this in the future and to go pick whatever quarterback it is to replace Russell, whether it's Jared Stidham or Gardner Minshew or another free agent or drafting a guy. This, it's, it's Sean now. It's his show. It's his operation. And they expect him to get it done. Just a few more here for you, Adam. Can you can you speak a little bit on this unprecedented, if they do end up waving him, dead cap that they're going to have to handle and what their options might be? Yeah. It, it, it is such a large number that they will designate him a post-June 1 cap casualty. That's what will happen. Right. He'll be released before the fifth day of the league year. He'll be designated uh, post-June 1 so that you could spread out the cost of the hit. And I, I don't know how worried it'll be like, you know, 85 split into two, roughly. It's mm-hmm. not exactly that, but, you know, one year will be more and I have to do the exact math. I have it in, in my computer. You know, but for all intents and purposes, let's say $40 million this year, 45 next year, 39 this year, and uh, 46 the year after, whatever it may be. But they're going to have to eat $85 million over the course of two years. That's what they're going to have to do. And that's where you need to make sure um, that you have a quarterback that's able to step in and you know, do it on a cheap contract. Like, you're not going out now and signing Kirk Cousins sure. for $45 million a year because you can't do it. You're already paying a quarterback like that. So now if you've stood him and he hits, well, you got him for two years and $10 million. That's a bargain. You find a quarterback in the draft, and, and, and I think Sean had a great track record in the draft. Well, now you're, now you're cooking in a different way, uh, not with Rush, but with a quarterback on a rookie contract, the way that the Niners were able to do with Brock Purdy. So y- you've got to hit. You've got to make this move, and you've got to hit on a quarterback that allows you economically to get past this, which Sean is confident enough in his offensive system that he believes the guy that he chooses, Jared Stidham or whoever, will be able to run that and be able to help the franchise get past the cost absorption of the Russell Wilson contract. So it's too prone. Like, okay. Everybody reacts to the news. Russell's benched. They're going to move on from him. Clearly, that year is over. And I guess my question becomes, what now? Mm. Who's playing quarterback for this franchise that's going to miss the playoffs for an eighth straight year? Who's playing quarterback? And I think that they're curious and intrigued by Jared Stidham. And I think that they think that they could go pluck one of these quarterbacks in free agency at a friendly price. You know, one of these guys where that's, you know, I think Baker's probably priced himself out with some of his play, but a Gardner, again, I, I come back to Gardner Minshew because that's probably a, a decent example of a guy who'll be out there who gets, you know, eight, nine, $10 million who's been successful. And, and, and again, would be able to run Sean's offense the way he wants it and have a friendly number. Right. Like they need somebody to step in to do that. You know, yeah. You, you can move on from us. You can find a way to get around the cost. The Buccaneers are eating $51 million in dead cap money this year for Tom Brady, and they're still in first place. 
But it can be done. It's not ideal, but it can be done. And that's something that Denver is now going to be faced with moving forward. Do you anticipate them looking in the first round of the draft for a quarterback this year, Adam? <sighs> Maybe. I mean, you know, the guy they draft in the first round, you know, in all probably, well, you know, where they're picking will probably be, what, the middle of the round, yeah. correct? 13, mm-hmm. 14, yeah, yeah. Okay. They're not getting one of the top three guys. And I guess I would say to you, okay, do they think that either J.J. McCarthy or Michael Penix or a quarterback that drops into that range is worth it? Like, you know, I'm I'm just telling you, like, I've had a number of conversations with Sean over the years before the draft, and I'm being honest when I tell you that there are very few people that I've ever spoken to who were more right about more people. Like, he loved Mahomes coming out. And if Mahomes had been there at whatever it was, 11 or 12, when he, he would have taken him. You know, he, I remember him telling me about Alvin Kamara before the draft. And he got Alvin, I think, in the third round, and the guy was a star. So if there's a quarterback he loves that's available at 13 or wherever they pick, yeah, they take it. But they're not picking a quarterback just to pick a quarterback. It would have to be somebody that he loves. Right. And if that guy's there, yeah, they'll pick him. And if he's not... They'll go get another pass rusher or come up with an offensive lineman or whatever it is. They're going to pick to the strength of the draft. It's not going to be, okay, well, we need a quarterback. We're going to go draft a quarterback in round one. That's not how this is going to work. If they could draft one, they would have to match up to what Sean believes and thinks. Mm, perfect, man. Adam, thank you, buddy, man. You're the best. Happy New Year, bud. And uh, enjoy this uh, week 17, bud. Yeah. Happy New Year to you guys, and uh, I will say this is a side note. Yeah. Uh, neither here nor there. This is the first year that I'm in the ESPN Fantasy Finals, my fancy teams. Like, this, yeah. this, we're in the war, you've heard of the War Room yep. League oh, thing, yeah. right? Are you aware of that? Yeah, yeah. So it's first first year I've made the finals. My quarterback, uh, as of three weeks ago, was Justin Herbert. He got cut, or he, he got hurt. Uh, at least so I had to go with a new quarterback. Uh, last two weeks, it was Nick Mullins, and... Oh. I, honestly, I, I, I can't watch him anymore. I don't think they're going to play him this weekend. So I'm like, well, I need a quarterback for the finals. Guess who my quarterback going to the Stidham. finals is this week? I never, Jared Stidham. Let's go. Yeah, let's go. Let's, let's, dare yeah, I say I, let's ride? I lost, let's ride. I lost the war room. I lost the war room uh, one year to Stephanie Drooley on a, t- on a tiebreaker. I lost the tiebreaker, mm. which mm. was some ridiculous you know tiebreaker. What? It's 16 teams. I've had, I've had through the years, I've had some bad teams. I've had some great teams. I've never made it to the finals. I'm playing Stefania Bell this week. Mm, and uh, She's the guru. All I can tell you is I'm obsessed. And so I, I initially picked up Easton Stick on waivers this week. He was going to be the guy I was going to start. And then as soon as it was just made, <laughs> I dropped Easton Stick for Jared. And I'm like, you know what? It's, it's, I'm, I feel like I'm playing Sean Payton, yeah. at quarterback in the fantasy finals, because <laughs> I'm – I just feel like Sean's going to put this guy in a position to succeed on Sunday, and we'll see if I'm right. I I could be wrong. You definitely made you. the right choice. I'm with you, buddy. I think it, I think it's a wise move. You made the right choice. Thank and, you, Adam. Yeah. And to stretch it one step further, yeah. Uh, Stefania's got Cortland Sutton, who is obviously in protocol and may not play, and so I've got Jalen Waddle, who I don't think is going to play. I need a receiver. 
I picked up Marvin Mims. I now may be starting Stidham and Mims in my fantasy <laughs> finals, which, which, which is going to either be, it's going to either blow up in my face and the Broncos are going to cost me or, or they're going to, or the Denver Broncos are going to help me win the first ever war room title. God That's bless right. you. Go down with the ship if you have to, Adam. <laughs> I like, I love it. I love it, man. <laughs> Thanks so much. Happy New See Year, pal. Hey, let's go Stidham Mims stack. There yeah. we go. Happy love New Year. It. Love it. Happy New Year, Adam. That is, ESPN NFL insider Adam Schefter, and of course, he is always presented to us by Twin Peaks Eats, Drinks, and Scenic Views. Tons to react to from Schefter when we get back.